Emotions make you human. Even the unpleasant ones have a purpose. Don't lock them away. If you ignore them, they just get louder and angrier. Sabah Tahir. The Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 2, Bloodletting. Yo, 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 what is up? Uh, I'm Zachary Ballard, and this is Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. Um, and then with us, we have Brooke Buss. I almost called you Brooke Gailey, your maiden name. <laughs> yep, that's an old one. Uh-huh. Uh, Brooke Buss, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yep, hello, I am Brooke Buss. <laughs> uh, so Zach and I went to USU Eastern together. Another one. Another one, yeah, several <laughs> of them now. Um, but I was a year younger than Zach in mm-hmm. school, so his sophomore year was my freshman year. And uh, now he's stuck with me as a friend, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next episode, so they're both here where I live uh, at the same, so her husband is also here, and so he's going to record the next one. So, uh, yeah, we're doing two today. So, that's awesome. So, Brooke, uh, how familiar are you with The Walking Dead? I have seen exactly up to the episode we're recording. Okay, cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Um, And not going to lie. So you didn't watch it before? No, I have never seen it. So, um, when you asked us to be on the podcast, Hayden has watched... I think up to like season six or mm-hmm. something. So he's been rewatching with me, but I have I have watched exactly up to this episode, mm-hmm. so I can be prepared, and then I'll watch more later. So you do you like it though? <laughs> I do. I didn't. Okay. The first few episodes were really hard for me. I didn't think I was going to like it, mm-hmm. and Hayden had to kind of keep forcing me. He's like, "Come on, we really, we got it. We got to keep watching it." That's what I did so, with Alina. Yeah. yeah, it's been much better than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, it's my favorite show, so uh, you're not going <laughs> to die today by saying it sucked. Um, yeah, so I basically had to start this podcast as a ploy to get Alina to watch uh, The Walking Dead, because I've been trying to get her to do that. So uh, maybe she'll start a podcast to make me watch The Crown. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> the Crown podcast coming soon. <laughs> yeah, Crown podcast by Alina Ballard. Um, so the main theme I saw in this episode was was different ways of, like, dealing with your emotions and the difference between, like, emotions and level-headed thinking Mm. um, when your emotions are bubbling up. The first thing I saw was uh, when Lori's talking to her friend and she says she wishes that that Rick would just blow up on her and, and, like, call her a bitch if she's being a bitch. (laughs) And I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, on how, like, do you think it's appropriate to blow up during a fight? Do you think it depends on the circumstances? It's so different for every relationship. I know that with Hayden and I, um, we are so scared of conflict. Like, mm-hmm. constantly scared of conflict. And so, very early on in our relationship, we talked about that and said, um, hey, if you have a problem, please talk to me about it, like, mm-hmm. immediately. So we don't just simmer and then let things blow up into a fight because it's going to cause a huge issue. Yeah. And so we've never, we've never actually had a fight. It's always just been like, hey... Maybe you should, this kind of hurt my feelings, maybe you should knock it off, and we talk about it. This works so well for us, but I know so many people who, that doesn't work. What works for them is they need to blow up, they need to get angry, and then they're good. Yeah. Uh, that would wreck me. I would cry all the time. <laughs> so, Yeah, I, I, think, I think Alina and I are kind of similar, except we have gotten into arguments before. Um, were you there when Price, <laughs> when we had that argument... Uh, in her dorm room. I don't think I was. Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> All her roommates were, like, in the back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and th- we were, like, arguing, right? And, um, I won't say who it was about because, uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, like, w- most of the time we can resolve conflict by just talking to each other. But there are just some instances where either she gets so angry or I get so angry that, like, we just end up blowing up. And it happened, like, last weekend where... 
no, two two weekends ago where like things just kept bubbling up and we kept like we we kept like snapping at each other and finally it just had to like concave and then and then after we fought we were able to like actually talk about it and and make it better. So, I think it's kind of interesting. Like I I don't think I don't think that constant blowing up and yelling is a good thing, but I think sometimes when you know, when things are are built up to the point. Uh, but the thing is you shouldn't let things build up as well. <laughs> yep. Uh and and sometimes me and Lena are kind of bad at that uh <laughs> at letting things build up, but uh, we're getting better. So I, I think, yeah, I think it depends on the marriage and the circumstances. Because mm -hmm. I know some people, like I've heard some people say, the minute my spouse yells at me, we're getting a divorce. I'm like, that seems oh, okay. extreme, uh, honestly. But yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting. It's really interesting that like, yeah, if there's no communication there ever, that that's when it becomes an issue. And mm -hmm. I think that's definitely what she expresses there, that there is, there's no communication. They're just pretending everything is fine all the time. And that's Always, like trying to be okay. reasonable all the time instead of like actually like, trying to fight for something. And yeah. I think a lot of people like it when their spouse is fighting for something. Yeah. Know, like fighting for their marriage, essentially. But, yeah. Uh, and then, then I, I wrote this down. I don't know exactly what to talk about with this. But I find it... Because they, they, Lori and her friend were both talking about how they, they think they love their spouses. Which I think is wild to me. Mm -hmm. That people end up falling out of love with their spouses or have never loved their spouses. Because I think both of us, like, we're obviously married to different people. We're not married <laughs> to each other. No. But like, <laughs> but, like, we, like, both of our relationships, we both love each other so much. Mm -hmm. And I can't even fathom, like, spouses that don't love each other. I'm like, if you don't love each other, then why why are you still married? You it's, know? I see it all the time. So at work, um, I manage an apartment complex at BYU-Idaho, which has been a very interesting experience. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my coworkers all the time talk about their husbands or they talk about like, oh, my husband doesn't let me do this. My husband hates it when I do this and so I can't do that. And it drives me insane because they'll yeah. be like, don't you just hate your husband? And I'm like, no, actually, I love him and I have him pick me up every day at two so that we can spend his lunch break together. It's just wild to me. It's weird that that's not the norm <laughs> yeah. in marriage right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, Freaking love your spouses and if you don't, don't be with them. Uh-oh, I said it. <laughs> oh, no. I told them to get oh, a divorce no. if they don't love each other. Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. Um, When someone does something accidentally to hurt you and or or when someone when someone does something accidentally to hurt, like, a loved one. I, I want to know how, like, obviously every emotion is valid, but I want to know, like, what makes those emotions valid when someone has made a mistake? Because in the episode, Otis accidentally kills Carl. He said he didn't even see him. <laughs> he shoots him. him. Shoots him. Does not Doesn't, kill Carl. Oh, I'm so sorry. He shoots him. Uh, Carl's dead, everybody. <laughs> Carl is that dead. That happened in this episode. Um, the series is over. Uh, <laughs> Time to go. No, but, like, he accidentally shoots Carl... And then Lori's, and then Rick is just worried about Carl. Like, he's not mad at at Otis at all. Well, he might be. He might just be, like, hiding at being level-headed, mm -hmm. like they mentioned before. But then Lori and Shane are being incredibly rude to Otis. And I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, when does that cross a line versus when is that, like, okay to... Because I, I think to a point, it's okay for Lori to be mad at Otis but also, Otis had no idea that Carl was behind the deer. Well, and so. he shows it from, like, the very first time you see Otis, mm -hmm. after the end of the last episode, where he's just shot and laying on the ground and it ends. Um, then you see Shane dragging Otis mm -hmm. to this field, and he's tripping and falling, and he's like, 
get up. Like, you don't <laughs> yeah, know, you can't, like, you're up. gonna run right now because you just shot that boy. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like constantly in this episode, Otis gets put through so much and he is just constantly, he's so apologetic. He's so, he, you can tell he is, he hates himself for it. Mm-hmm. Like, he is so upset and he will do anything to make it right. And at that point, I feel like there is, it puts it on you if you aren't able to forgive that person. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be immediately. Like, I mean, there's yeah. a boy who has been shot. Yeah. But I think especially where Lori has not seen Otis. She even says it, like, right now, he's just the bastard that shot my son. Like, mm-hmm. that's all Yeah, I, I think it's, like, when you put, when you put, like, a face to, um, to the act, it's a lot easier to feel compassion. But since she hasn't seen him, it's, it's a lot easier to, like, vilify him because she doesn't, he, she didn't see the remorse that he was feeling. And I think that's the difference, uh, there. Um, and then, like, blaming yourself, like, Rick kept, like, he kept going down this rabbit hole of like, if I didn't bring him with me, if, um, and like we, we were just looking for a little girl, like how, like, what could I have I done different? And I just think, and, and Shane was absolutely correct. Like once you start thinking that way, you'll never get that monkey off your back. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause it wasn't like, it wasn't anyone's fault in my opinion. Like it was just a freak accident that that just happened mm-hmm. you know it just happened and now we have to deal with this even though no one's at fault and i think that's i think that's a little bit worse than having it be someone's fault like with cancer like it's cancer's fault but you can't really like put it on <laughs> you something you can't go beat the <sighs> cancer out of cancer <laughs> yeah we're yeah. trying well i can that can i can go beat the cancer, <laughs> of cancer. uh what are you doing making a podcast go beat the <laughs> yeah 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 uh but yeah i just think it's um i just wanted to touch on that a little bit um, okay. When Dale was, when Dale and T-Dog were, were at the RV and then Dale asked T-Dog, uh, how he's feeling and like T-Dog blew it off. And then Dale was like, I asked you how you were feeling. Please don't blow that question off. I was like, hell yes. Go, Thank Dale. you, Dale. Like for, for like caring about how people are feeling and, and we blow off how we're feeling like all the time. Like when people ask us like genuinely how we're feeling and how we're doing, we tend to be like, I'm okay. I'm mm-hmm. fine. When, you know, you're actually not fine. Uh. <laughs> Turns out. No, it's it's definitely a cultural thing, mm-hmm. especially in the U.S. We say, how are you doing? And you say, I'm good. How are mm-hmm. you? And they go, I'm good. And yeah. then you get on. And then even later, I've caught myself being like, how was your weekend? How are you doing today? After we've already touched on that. We've already said, how are you doing? And the answer is different. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a, like, oh, I'm fine. Because mm-hmm. you say anything else, people are uncomfortable. Yeah. And they're like, okay, I didn't actually want to know. I was just saying hi. Yeah. And so it's, it's like a cordial thing, crazy. but people don't actually care yeah. how you're doing. It's just a thing to say, yeah. you know? And um, I really appreciate how Dale was actually concerned with how he was feeling. And I think it's important to to actually say how you're feeling. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessary to like delve into every single detail of like the bad thing that's going on in your life because then that makes people uncomfortable yeah. but if you're like I'm going through some stuff and uh, this is kind of what's going on like I have family issues whatever it is mm-hmm. and then uh, or haven't been feeling well and then if the person wants to know they will ask more questions but I think it's important to at least be surface level honest with other people and how you're feeling because yeah. I think that's how that's how we connect better as humans is when we are honest with how we're feeling and we're honest with each other about how feeling i think it's a good point and then right after that too t-dog blows up he's like mm-hmm. actually like i sliced my arm open mm-hmm. and there's zombies everywhere and why don't we just take this rv and leave yeah. like what are we yeah, doing yeah. Here? he's like i'm black <laughs> we're in georgia they hate me uh and yeah and 
after Dale was absolutely right because he went over and he was like, man, you got a fever? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're actually going kind of crazy right now. But can you imagine being in that situation and being like, man, everybody hates me. And someone's mm-hmm. going to be like, oh my gosh, wait. I, I can imagine because <laughs> I'm always in that situation where I'm like, man, everybody hates me. Um, but that that's, a, that's another thing is like sickness can make you like lose your mind emotionally. Like sickness can make you feel emotions that wouldn't have been there or like more heightened emotions like... Um, I remember, well, last, the last two weeks, Alina and I were sick with like the stomach flu. And then, um, and then like last week, Alina was sick with like a cold and you can tell when people are sick that their, their emotions are heightened just a little bit. It's sort of interesting how like our physical well being can affect how we're feeling inside. And it's good to have someone else to run those feelings by because I know when I'm sick, I... Yeah, I'm like, I hate everything. I'm mm-hmm. quitting my job. I'm moving to a remote part of the, like, remote part of the U.S. Uh-huh. I'm leaving everything behind. And I always have to be like, hey, Hayden, please remind me, like, why you love me. Please remind me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, what it is about me that you think I should marry that person. Uh-huh. Because I know logically, I'm like, I know I'm being ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it still takes someone else to be like, can you please just keep me sane here? So yeah. I liked that T-Dog had someone there to keep him a little more level-headed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like how he mentioned that Daryl has saved him more than once. And so T-Dog isn't isn't noticing, like... T-Dog isn't noticing, you know, the, the good that Daryl has done for him. He's just thinking, like, I killed his brother, and, um, and like, he's mad at me. He wants to leave me. But, yeah, it's just... It's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, okay, so... What do you think about? I I think there is a right answer to this. Um, what where's the line where it's important to know uh, something tragic or to not know something tragic? My opinion, I think it's always better to know, no matter how you're gonna feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it totally depends what headspace you're in. Mm-hmm. If knowing something is going to cause you to go off the deep end, mm-hmm. I think that there's a good, there's a, that's why we have trigger warnings. That's mm-hmm. why we have okay. things that are um, in place so that you can keep yourself mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. But especially when it comes to family, when it comes to things that like you need to know to move on with life, mm-hmm. at that point, it, feelings are very important. But like in this case where um, Rick just wants to leave and Lori's like, actually, um, you don't get to do that. I had to sit there while you were in a coma, while mm-hmm. this apocalypse happened, while I thought you were dead. Like, you don't get to leave when our son is bleeding on the table. Even if he's not conscious, he needs you here. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that she brought that up because he was. He was trying to just, like, I need to go. I, I need to do something else. And she was well, like, he... you absolutely cannot do that right now. Yeah, well, like, they were... It was, like, a constant state of, like, action versus inaction. Like, Daryl mentioned it where he was like, what are we doing praying when we can just keep looking for this girl? And, uh, and like... Rick wanted to go find the medicine, and Rick wanted to, you know, go help Shane and Otis, but he he couldn't, because what if Carl needed more blood? And he also lost two pints of blood, <laughs> and it's like, bro, you're not, you're not going, you know? I, and, yeah. Something I thought of in this, like, that has nothing to do with what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. action and inaction, um, I pass out every time I get blood drawn. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be the littlest bit at the doctor's office, and I get stuck with that needle, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, there's no way, <laughs> in this situation, if I had to give blood in an apocalypse situation, like, they could get it, they would be able to stab me, but, like, I would not be, I couldn't go then find the medicine after. Like, mm-hmm. and you can tell he's not doing good. He's lost two pints of blood. No, he's, been he's a like, about almost it. passed out yeah. multiple times. Like, that does a number on your body. <clears throat> yeah. And, like, I, I think he's trying to dissociate 
from the emotions he's feeling by going and doing something. And I, whenever, whenever I'm in like a bad headspace, I either do two things. I either like sit in that and I'm just depressed or I get like super active and I like try to do everything I can to forget about what I'm thinking. Is this me in high school? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Before I knew I was depressed? Yeah. Oh, no. Damn. Uh, but like, and I think that's what Rick is doing is he's feeling these such strong, intense emotions that he's just trying to find ways to like, to, to get out of it and to, to go do something about it. I, I think he feels stuck because he's not a, he's such a freaking like type A personality. Like, let's go get this <sighs> done. Um, but there comes a time when you just need to like chill and just like do your part and mm-hmm. let other people, you know, do the part that you could do if you weren't in this headspace. Well, I think that's been, it's definitely come to a head here with him, but the Mm -hmm. entire series so far, it's shown that he, he is not one to just sit still. If something needs to get done, he's like, cool, I'm going to be the leader. Mm -hmm. We're going to go do this thing. And Lori's pissed at him. Finally gets back into the camp and immediately is like, I need to actually go back into the city where I almost just died. Mm -hmm. And she she brings up like, why does it need to be you? Mm -hmm. Why can't you just be here with your family? Why do you have to go do this thing? And he, it's been a constant thing for him through this whole series that he has to be doing the thing mm-hmm. and he hates just sitting around but like the best thing for him to do was be inactive at mm-hmm. the time you know and i definitely felt this like when when the pandemic hit i just felt like i need to be doing something i'm just doing nothing but like and then my friend josh to me he was like we just need to chill take our stimulus money and just chill <laughs> out and wait for this to like blow over i'm like you're right like i don't need to be doing anything outside of my home like i can just relax, let this sort of settle itself. It didn't settle itself no. because because people didn't... Spoiler alert, we're do that. still in a pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. But nobody uh, cares. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I think there comes a point where it's good to be active and doing things to, to help your situation, but also realizing when you need to just stay put and, and um, not be as active as you want to be um, in situations like these when mm-hmm. emotions are out of control. Well, and with, um, in March when that hit, Hayden and I had been living in a very small town that was an hour separated from anything, Mm -hmm. like any family, any friends. And there was talk about shutting down the highway to get to that town. And we panicked a little. We were Mm -hmm. like, they're shutting down. Hayden just lost his job. Um, my job was on the line and we were like, we're moving. We're Mm -hmm. getting out of this town because we don't know what's happening and we can't stay here. Yeah. And so within, I think we had 15 days notice or something like that. And Mm -hmm. we packed ourselves up and we moved down here and it was really good for us to be as much around people as you could be in the pandemic but it was still just a really weird situation that we moved somewhere completely new and then we're just completely isolated in our home Mm -hmm. and so it was that kind of like action versus inaction we took a very immediate action and then just had to do nothing Mm -hmm. and it was really hard yeah well it's like the the difference between like i think it's sort of like a balance of action versus inaction i think if you're too active you can you can overwhelm yourself and you can get to a breaking point. But if you're too inactive, then like you're not doing anything to help your situation, you know. And so it's it's important to like find a balance of it and like trying to figure out, okay, when am I needed to do something and when am I not? Like, um, like during the pandemic, we still had to find ways to make money because mm-hmm. I wasn't working as much um, because I work in an escape room. Uh, and no one was coming. Like, I had one booking out of the entire month of <laughs> April that year. And so I was like, cool, bro. Great. I'm uh, not making any money. No. Um, but I had to find other ways to make it. So I want to talk about, like, heightened emotions 
causing you to think irrationally because Rick was not thinking rationally that entire episode. Like he was, he was so worried about Carl. Carl! I almost missed it this episode. Uh, he was so worried about Carl and, uh, that he wasn't thinking rationally. He was like, well, well, when, when he needed blood, he was just standing there looking and everyone was like, bro, you need to, you need to give blood. And like Shane was like, do it, man. And, um, and like Herschel, I think is the epitome of like thinking level-headedly and rationally. Like when he found out Otis died, you could tell that he was upset, but he was, I just, that was a good part. <laughs> I just spoiled it. Damn it. Everybody. I, I'm so sorry. Damn it. Uh, you've been okay. watching up to this point. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> Dang it. I love Otis. <laughs> I've only known this man. You got to watch the next episode, bro. Die. Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Um, anyway, like... Well, I'm sure he was level-headed. Herschel, Herschel was level-headed, and he was like, no one tells Patricia <laughs> until we we help Carl, right? Uh, but... And, like, he... and Oh, my gosh. I feel so bad. Anyway. I saw the light leave your eyes. After you said that, you were like, I... Ah! Uh, um, anyway. So sorry. Uh, but, um... Back on track. Herschel being level-headed, um, and Shane honestly being level-headed. For the um, first time in his whole life. Yeah, for the for the <laughs> first time ever, honestly. Um, but, and and how emotions affect how we think. Yeah, it's it's really interesting um, to backtrack in the episode a little bit. As when um, what's her name on a horse? Maggie. When Maggie just gallops in. Oh my gosh! <laughs> first of all. She gallops into the woods. No one knows who she is. Takes the head off a zombie immediately mm-hmm. with a baseball bat. And then is like, Lori, hop on my horse. Mm-hmm. In that moment, turned every woman watching into a lesbian. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was freaking out. They're like, you can't just go with this woman. And Lori said, she knows Rick and Carl. She knows their names. Mm-hmm. She knew my name. I'm going with her. Well, like, and like her saying that Carl got shot and, and like that caused her to be like, I will do anything for you right now. Mm-hmm. I will do anything you say because you know more than me. But then... Daryl doesn't have, like, a personal connection with Carl yet, and so he's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, this is just some lady on a horse. Mm-hmm. But, like, but then again, Laurie was also thinking rationally because she was like, how would she know Rick and Carl's name mm-hmm. if this wasn't the case? So, yeah, it, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting to see, um, then when they're waiting around for them to go get medical supplies and the... Wow, cannot talk right now. The um, like blood transfusions and everything that Shane, for the first time in his life, has been level-headed and literally at one point grabs Rick's head and like sticks it against his. He's like, dude, you just need to chill. Like, uh-huh. it's gonna be taken care of. We're okay. Mm. You just need to calm down. She's gonna yeah. go find Lori. Like, it's gonna be all right. Yeah. But first of all, you need to chill. The <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's and the first it, step. it's like when I am upset with someone in a bureaucratic system, whether it be like a teacher or like a boss um and i have to send like a text or an email or uh in my case at work a marco polo like i people get mad at me when i don't respond immediately but i'm like if i respond immediately i'm gonna be swearing and i'm gonna be like what i say to you is gonna be emotionally charged i need to take a step back so that i can i can send how i'm feeling and what i'm what i'm thinking without it being offensive to you or, like, completely emotionally charged. Because um, I'm a very hot-headed person, so I've had to, like, learn how to, like, when I'm pissed, how to, like, step back (laughs) and, like, deal with my emotions, and then I can deal with it when I've thought about it rationally, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that I, I find that I just withdraw when mm -hmm. there's emotionally <clears throat> charged situations. Mm -hmm. um, it's come to a head recently. I have um, been going through some religious, I'm figuring things out with religion yeah, yeah. and my family is really upset about it. Mm -hmm. And every time I've gone to visit, it's been a, all right, we're going to sit you down and tell you about Jesus and about why you're going to hell and ruining your marriage. And <laughs> it gets to a point where nothing I say will make headway. And so I just start agreeing because mm -hmm. I'm like, this is, this is the only way out of the situation for me to sit here and nod and say like, yep, all right, I will fix this and start believing in the things I grew up to be taught to believe. And that's the only way to diffuse the situation. Yeah. Because they, they will no not take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. Like people, people, a lot of people in the church that we both grew up in, um, don't like taking no for an answer. I'm not saying everyone, <laughs> but I, it, it's so, it's so fascinating. Like when, when your emotions match the, the feelings of the church as a whole, then those emotions are valid. Mm -hmm. But when they don't, then they're not valid. And it's a very high demand religion <clears throat> mm -hmm. that is convinces everybody in that religion that they know everything, mm -hmm. that they are the only ones in the whole world who have the complete truth. And so it's very hard to then pull away from that because yeah. they can't just see that you are doing what's best for you and your family. It's cool. You are pulling yourself away from us and from God and sending yourself to hell and nothing you do from this point on is going to be correct. Yeah. Un unless you come back, yeah. you know, and, and it's so, but like, I feel like everyone's emotions are so valid. Mm -hmm. Like, cause you don't have the same experiences that I have and I don't have the same experiences that you have. You may have had these immense, profound spiritual experiences that I've never had. So how, how am I supposed to know like about your, your testimony and your feelings if I've never experienced them? Same thing with, with me. Mm -hmm. You can't know, like I've, I've been told countless times, like, I just felt the spirit that I got to tell you this. I'm like, you don't feel emotions for me. Like you <laughs> cannot, you cannot feel emotions for me. I feel emotions for me mm -hmm. and I am telling you how I'm feeling, but it, it's just not taken seriously if it's not with something that they agree with, mm -hmm. which I think is wild. Like we all have different experiences. We're all human. We're all just trying to figure <sighs> out. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't we just let people have their emotions and express them? And they may not be the same, but whatever, yeah. like just let people be, themselves. Well, and it's crazy then to apply it back to um, an apocalypse situation. Uh -huh. Something that I've just been thinking these last several episodes is like, how how would my faith in what I believe hold up in a situation like this? Mine wouldn't. Like, yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> my, I'd be, uh, and I've mentioned this before. My <laughs> listeners know my faith would not hold up. I'd yeah. be like, God ain't real though. <laughs> yeah, so it's so interesting. It was the episode before that they're sitting in a church mm -hmm. all talking to this like emaciated Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And it, that to me, I'd be like, no. Uh, actually, I'm going to go somewhere else because this isn't going to do anything for me. I've yeah. already lost that connection. In my, it's wild. Yeah, and like in my head, like prayer is is an inactive thing that I think I I think it it works. I'm going to say half of the time. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to do a happy medium. I'm going to say half the time. Deal. I guess it works. I don't know. I don't know if it works though. I, if things are like coincidences or something, but like prayer to me is like an inactive thing to help solve a problem or to bring um, comfort, at which, least. yeah, which, which is, which is important and necessary in really hard times. And, um, and it's like the difference between, between Rick and Daryl and then what's her name? Carol, mm. where both Rick and Daryl are very active people and they're like, and they're both leaders. And so they're both like, uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and keep trying to figure things out while, while Carol is all in and like just praying and 
giving it to someone else so that they can potentially take care of it. And yeah, I, I I've never been really one to like, um, well, I won't say that. <laughs> I, I have been one to like give it to, um, give it to God and then like let it sort itself out. But recently I found that I find more happiness when I just like figure it out and do it myself. Mm-hmm. When I feel like where I'm at right <laughs> now with a lot of things is if you put energy into something and you believe it will work for you, mm-hmm. it will work for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why prayer works for a lot of people. Scripture study works for yeah. a lot of people. Um, and then you go into like tarot and crystals for healing. And, and that, that works, works for other for people. people because they believe or it astrology. will work. Yep. Yeah. So if you say like this rose quartz is going to help me feel comfort and peace and love, you are then telling yourself, I'm doing something actively to give myself peace and comfort and love. Mm-hmm. Even though if that rock isn't doing anything for you, it might. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know everything. But it's the same thing to me as then saying, I'm going to pray for this. Mm-hmm. Because you are telling yourself, I'm opening myself up for these feelings. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that, like, I don't know. I don't know how I'd respond in a situation like this if I could keep any semblance of mm-hmm. belief in anything. And I honestly, with this last episode where they were just chilling in the... Uh, the CDC and people were like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna peace out, let yeah. it blow up. Yeah. I, that sounds like a great option to me. Like, uh, <laughs> nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, um, I wouldn't do a, uh, Hey, bye spouse. I'm leaving. I'm yeah, sure yeah. you go, but uh-huh. it might be a discussion of like, Hey, do you, this is kind of comfy in here. Do you want to just sit for another half hour? No, nah, I'd be the one trying to freaking break that window. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm getting out of here. I feel uh, like I'd do that until it was open. And then I'd be like, ah, Ah, yes, we have, we have a choice now. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, um, but like, I think there's a, there's a debate on whether the feelings people get from prayer is purely emotion or if it's purely like a higher power and it it might be a higher power manipulating your emotions. It might, that doesn't sound good. (laughs) Uh, It might be a higher power, uh, persuading your emotions or it. It might be um, you put so much belief into this that you're you have like created you literally created this other being. I don't know. I don't know. But like that, that all of those things are people creating or or having emotions that um, that make it easier, you know. Yeah. And that like um, that make it okay. And um, I just think it's it's fine to just validate everyone's emotions, like, because it's their experience, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, it was interesting with um, Herschel, the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, a little later, like, they're just chilling on the porch, and he's like, no, nah, it'll, it'll sort itself out. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be fine. And Ricky's like, actually, no. No, it's not going to. He's like, eh, it's we're fine. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's his belief system, that yeah. he just hunkers down and... It's going to be fine. But he's still doing something. He's not like, oh, your boy was shot. That's natural selection. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I'll do what I can to help. But yeah. it's so interesting to see the peace that he had just in his own belief system that mm-hmm. he's like, I think things are fine. Yeah. I've lost all my neighbors. I lost my wife. Yeah. But we're okay. And like Herschel, Herschel is also very religious and we learn more about that later on. But he is, he's super religious. Um, and like he... I think he has a lot of faith in humanity and he has a lot of faith because he mentions, he's like, mankind's been fighting plagues from the start um, and we get our behinds kicked for a while, but then we pick ourselves back up. He has put all his emotions and faith into, into God and that he has, he is like fully believed that God will take care of it mm-hmm. and like God, like, but he, he's not just like waiting for God to take care of it. He's also like acting on the things that he needs to do so that God can like help him take care of it. I think it's, 
I yeah. think it's interesting. It's a really good balance, mm-hmm. too, because something, again, this last episode in the church, I don't know why that stuck with me so much, but when they walk in and there were, like, three three walkers chilling in the pews, like, <clears throat> man, those, those, they went out thinking they were doing something to help themselves, mm-hmm. sitting in the church, and that, to me, I'm like, that's so sad. And starving? Yeah. Yeah. It's so sad uh-huh. to just, yeah, that broke my heart a little, to see people, like, thinking they were doing something the best way they could, mm-hmm. and it's still they died and they were still the same as the people who went out and fought yeah. and died that way. Like it just, yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean like a line that I really liked was the world's, the whole world's having a tough time, you know? And cause Dale was like, she's having a tough time. And it's like the whole world's <laughs> having a tough time. And I, I definitely feel that so mm-hmm. much because it's like, um, you know, people die when they're religious and people die when they're not religious. Like bad things happen to everyone and good things happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I think, we we need to focus on allowing other people to feel how they feel about things, but also being active and trying to make things better. One thing that boggled my mind <laughs> um, was when we kept having like firestorm after firestorm in Utah, and then um, and then the governor was like, "Listen, why don't this Sunday we have a prayer for rain?" And I'm like. You are the governor, bro. Like, <laughs> we can, can pray. We can pray for rain, whatever. But, like, you're the governor. We, You have the position and the power to to pass laws that decrease water intake mm-hmm. and decrease golf courses using up so much water so rich white people can go play their sport. <laughs> go hit a ball around. Go hit a ball. Like, you have the power to, to do something about this. My voice just cracked. You have the power to do something about this, and yet, like... And we're just resorting to praying. And that boggled my mm-hmm. mind. I was like, what do you... Like, yes, we can pray. And yes, prayer works for a lot of people. But... But there are more things we can do. But we can, we can still do more. Like, it's not, it's not all... I don't think it's all up to God. Like, it's also up to us. Like, we're living in this world. And we have a responsibility to help each other out. And to, to just try to, to help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. It's... Yeah. Let me just say yeah several mm-hmm. times in a row here. But the other thing with that was, like, they still let fireworks happen on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. It was, let's pray for rain and also light off fireworks. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, like, you can't you can't cross yourself like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let's pray for safety and also just go stand in a herd of walkers. Yeah. Uh, and I also like the line where um, Herschel said, aren't we all over in our head? Because... <laughs> They were like, you're a vet, you're a veterinarian. Like, what are you going to do to help our son? And it's like, that pissed me off. Well, I was like, I was like, bro, he is the one helping your son. Can you take a bullet out of him? Well, and Rick says too, like, we can't exactly shop for surgeons right (laughs) now. Yeah, yeah. This is our option here. And it, it was, and she was like, I think you're in over your head. And he's like, aren't we all? Like, aren't we all just trying to do our best and trying to do what we can to help ourselves? And... Yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. I but thought like, it was interesting. I love that he didn't, from the start, be like, I can't do this, I'm a vet. He was like, there's a boy who's been shot, give me my supplies. Let's, like, he needs blood transfusion, he knew what needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And you only find out he's a vet near the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And up until then, you're like, yeah, that man's a doctor. Yeah. That man knows what he's doing. Because he mm-hmm. does. Just because it's on a different... Just because it's for animal. animals doesn't mean that, like, it's, it's not worthy or, you know, worth trying. Like, mm-hmm. would you rather have people not try... Because of your emotions, or would you rather have people try to help? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, just that I'm really proud of Daryl 
for all of his character growth. <laughs> Bro, Daryl is the bomb.com. I love Daryl. So I loved in this episode that um, Carol was freaking out because she's like, uh, my daughter's been gone for two days and everyone's just, everyone wants to leave. We can't do this. And she starts getting really hysterical. And Daryl's like, no, we'll stay. It's okay. We're all yeah. right. We're going to stay a little longer. Yeah, we don't, we don't need, we don't need to rush ourselves. Like, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. I was like, this man. Also, he everybody... has Merle's bag of drugs. That? <laughs> <laughs> Crystal meth. I'm like, bro. He's like, why didn't you say anything? First of all, you've been in the forest for a while. Yeah. They're not just going to yell. But, hey, you got some drugs? but also like, like we also need to ask for help if we need it, you know? Yeah. Oh, hundred like, percent. Like someone could have asked like, Hey, does anyone have antibiotics? Cause they just assumed that no one had antibiotics, but yeah. you know, we got to allow people to help us. Um, I was like, that's so good of yeah. him. You can see on his eye that he considers it. He's like, I don't, I mean, I got these drugs over here, but then he like gets a hold of himself. He walks over and he grabs them. He's like, I've got Merle's stash. Mm -hmm. Like this is, and I like, it, it was funny to me that he specified that it was Merle's. <laughs> well, like, yeah, these yeah. Are my you, drugs, don't, everybody. you don't like pull out this bag of drugs <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's my brother's right. not, <laughs> not, it's not mine. I'm Even just, though I have it, I'm, I'm just holding, holding on to it for Gosh. him. Well, I mean, it was Merle's bike and he was just alive yes. so yeah but it, it was funny <laughs> like this isn't my meth okay right. this is merle's meth i just happen to have it on me <laughs> right now yeah yeah all right so uh with that we'll take a quick musical break and we will be right back with the moral dilemma Okay, so your loved one has a really bad disease and is about to die. Um, and you have the antidote, and you have the choice, and this is the only antidote in the world. And the antidote cannot be made more unless it's used by the source. So this is the source of the antidote. Your, your loved one is about to die, but then there's so many other people that could live if you gave this antidote away. So that they can make more copies of it. Mm. So, what do you do? Do you give it to your loved one? Or do you let the copies of it uh, go to everyone else that is affected by it? That's a great question. It's <laughs> um, a really good question. It's a great, and I'm actually going to pass. No, just um, no, that's something that... I don't know why this came to mind, but I feel like it depends on how many people are left. Like, oh. if we're in... Let's, now... Like, uh -huh. there's a lot of people in the world right now, and mm -hmm. I feel like at that point, I would be giving it up to somebody so they can make antidotes, save everybody. In The Walking Dead, where there's, like, you know, I've seen ten people in the last three months. Mm -hmm. I'm using that on Hayden. Like, Dang. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't think... There was one person left at the CDC, and he was a bitch, so <laughs> I am actually going to use this. Okay, so it him. depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Like, if it was in this world, then you would let your loved one die. Yeah, I feel like... But if it was in, like, a world where it was, like, just him and a few other people. Yeah, I feel like I guess it depends on the how many people I could save versus just... And, like, the it. resources, like, if there's, like, a scientist that can actually replicate it. Yeah, if it's for sure that they can replicate it, I'm like, all right, let's go save some people. Mm -hmm. If I'm like, they might be able to do something with this, there's no way in hell that I'm, like, just mm -hmm. like, I guess I'll just carry this around for a while till we happen to find someone who is maybe a scientist. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and answer this question at uh, Instagram is Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. Twitter is 
at Zachy the Zombie. You can also email me at feedoneatyourbrain at gmail.com. We're also on TikTok. I've only posted hey one video, but I'm going to post more, hopefully soon. Uh, it's at Feed Don't Eat Your Brain. Also, follow us on Fortune Horseman on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As well as, please review this podcast. Please share it. Tell your friends if your friends like zombies. Uh, if you like zombies. Even if they don't like zombies, tell them. And, uh, and have them listen to my voice. Uh, <laughs> do it. <laughs> do it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. See you later. Bye.